O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of his kingdom for ever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Friday, June 25th. I want to draw your attention to a pick on the navigation menu on Daily Audio Torah website. It is found under Our Projects and Partners. Select Torah House Global Prayer Network. This is a call to believers throughout the nations everywhere to take a place on the wall of prayer and to raise up a standard against the rising tide of evil and lawlessness that we see in our nations and in our culture. Let me share with you from their vision statement. The Torah House is an imaginary space where we meet each Arab Shabbat at 9 p.m. We all pray from our own location and in our own time zone. Together, we will enter into the virtual Torah house every Arab Shabbat at 9 p.m. your local time. His set-apart people will meet with Yeshua in his Torah house. Community prayer is of tremendous value because as we pray of one heart, mind, and purpose, great power is released in the heavens. We begin our prayer time with a great shofar blast and enter Yehovah's courts with praise. We come against the relentless tide of evil that is swallowing up the nations. We ask our Father to establish His Torah in our city, our region, and our nation. Each month there is a featured prayer theme for the month so that together we can focus our prayers on the prayer theme for that month. Go to thetorahouse.com to see the prayer theme for this month. To learn more or to sign up to become a partner or a coordinator or member, go to thetorahouse.com and find out more. Join with others throughout the nations every Friday night at 9 p.m. your time, as together we raise up a symphony of prayer to Abba Father in seeking His face and crying out to Him for the remnant to return to the God of Israel and to His great and glorious Torah. Are you being blessed by this ministry? Please consider supporting Daily Audio Torah. You can make a one-time or a recurring donation by going to dailyaudiotorah.com and then click on the Give pick on the navigation menu. You can then make a secure online donation there. Thank you for your prayers, and thank you for your support. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the Israel Bible for the Hebrew Scriptures and from the King James for the Brit Hadashah. Today we continue the Torah portion, Balak. Numbers 24, 13-25 Though Balak were to give me his house full of silver and gold, I could not of my own accord do anything good or bad contrary to Hashem's command. What Hashem says, I must say. And now, as I go back to my people, let me inform you of what this people will do 
to your people in days to come. He took up his theme and said, Word of Balaam, son of Beor, word of the man whose eye is true. Word of him who hears Hashem's speech, who obtains knowledge from the Most High, and beholds visions from the Almighty, prostrate but with eyes unveiled. What I see for them is not yet, what I behold will not be soon. A star rises from Jacob, a scepter comes forth from Israel. It smashes the brow of Moab, the foundation of all children of Shet. Edom becomes a possession, yes, Seir, a possession of its enemies. But Israel is triumphant. A victor issues from Jacob to wipe out what is left of it. He saw Amalek, and taking up his theme, he said, A leading nation is Amalek, but its fate is to perish forever. He saw the Kenites, and taking up his theme, he said, Though your abode be secure and your nest be set among cliffs, yet shall Cain be consumed when Assyria takes you captive. He took up his theme and said, Alas, who can survive except Hashem has willed it? Ships come from the quarter of Kittim. They subject Assyria and subject Eber. They too shall perish forever. Then Balaam set out on his journey back home, and Balak also went his way. Second Kings 8, 1 through 9, 13. Elijah had said to the woman whose son he revived, Leave immediately with your family and go sojourn somewhere else. For Hashem has decreed a seven-year famine upon the land, and it has already begun. The woman had done as the man of Hashem had spoken. She left with her family and sojourned in the land of the Philistines for seven years. At the end of the seven years, the woman returned from the land of the Philistines and went to the king to complain about her house and farm. Now the king was talking to Gehazi, the servant of the man of Hashem, and he said, Tell me all the wonderful things that Elisha has done. While he was telling the king how Elisha had revived a dead person, in came the woman whose son he had revived, complaining to the king about her house and farm. My lord king, said Gehazi, this is the woman and this is her son whom Elisha revived. The king questioned the woman, and she told him the story. So the king assigned a eunuch to her and instructed him, Restore all her property and all the revenue from her farm from the time she left the country until now. Elisha arrived in Damascus at a time when the king Ben-Hadad of Aram was ill. The king was told, The man of Hashem is on his way. And he said to Hazael, Take a gift with you, and go meet the man of Hashem, and through him inquire of God, Will I recover from this illness? Hazael came to meet him, taking with him as a gift forty camel loads of all the bounty of Damascus. He came and stood before him and said, Your son, King Ben-Hadad of Aram, has sent me to you to ask, Will I recover from this illness? Elisha said to him, Go and say to him, You will recover. However, Hashem has revealed to me that he will die. The man of Hashem kept his face expressionless for a long time, and then he wept. Why does my Lord weep? asked Haziel. 
because I know, he replied, what harm you will do to B'nai Israel. You will set their fortresses on fire, put their young men to the sword, dash their little ones in pieces, and rip open their pregnant women. But how, asked Hazael, can your servant, who is a mere dog, perform such a mighty deed? Elisha replied, Hashem has shown me a vision of you as king of Aram. He left Elisha and returned to his master, who asked him, What did Elisha say to you? He replied, He told me that you would recover. The next day, Hazael took a piece of netting, dipped it in water, and spread it over his face. So Ben-Hadad died, and Hazael succeeded him as king. In the fifth year of King Joram, son of Ahab of Israel, Jehoshaphat had been king of Yehudah. Joram, son of King Jehoshaphat of Jehudah, became king. He was thirty-two years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem eight years. He followed the practices of the kings of Israel, whatever the house of Ahab did, for he had married a daughter of Ahab, and he did what was displeasing to Hashem. However, Hashem refrained from destroying Yehuda for the sake of his servant David, in accordance with his promise to maintain a lamp for his descendants for all time. During his reign, the Edomites rebelled against Yehuda's rule and set up a king of their own. Joram crossed over to Zaire with all his chariots. He arose by night and attacked the Edomites who were surrounding him and the chariot commanders but his troops fled to their homes. Thus Edom fell away from Yehuda, as is still the case. Libna likewise fell away at that time. The other events of Joram's reign and all his actions are recorded in the annals of the kings of Yehuda. Joram slept with his fathers and was buried with his fathers in the city of David. His son, Akaziahu, succeeded him as king. In the twelfth year of King Joram, son of Ahab of Israel, Akaziahu, son of Joram, became king of Yehuda. Akaziahu, who was twenty-two years old, when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem one year. His mother's name was Atalia, daughter of King Omri of Israel. He walked in the ways of the house of Ahab, and did what was displeasing to Hashem, like the house of Ahab, for he was related by marriage to the house of Ahab. He marched with Joram, son of Ahab, to battle against King Hazael of Aram at Ramoth-Gilead, but the Arameans wounded Joram. King Joram retired to Israel to recover from the wounds which the Arameans had inflicted upon him at Ramah, when he fought against King Hazael of Aram and King Akaziahu, son of Joram of Yehuda, went down to Israel to visit Joram, son of Ahab, while he was ill. Then the Navi Elisha summoned one of the disciples of the Nevi'im and said to him, Tie up your skirts and take along this flask of oil and go to Ramoth-Gilead. When you arrive there, go and see Jehu, son of Jehoshaphat, son of Nimshi. Get him to leave his comrades and take him into an inner room. Then take the flask of oil and pour some on his head, and say, Thus says Hashem, I anoint you king over Israel. Then open the door and flee without delay. The young man, the servant of the Navi, went to Ramoth-Gilead. 
When he arrived, the army commanders were sitting together. He said, Commander, I have a message for you. For which one of us? Jehu asked. He answered, For you, Commander. So Jehu arose and went inside, and the disciple poured the oil on his head and said to him, Thus says Hashem, the God of Israel, I anoint you king over the people of Hashem over Israel. You shall strike down the house of Ahab, your master. Thus will I avenge on Jezebel the blood of my servants, the Nevi'im, and the blood of the other servants of Hashem. The whole house of Ahab shall perish, and I will cut off every male belonging to Ahab, bond and free in Israel. I will make the house of Ahab like the house of Jehoram, son of Nebat, like the house of Basha, son of Achaiah. The dog shall devour Jezebel in the field of Israel, with none to bury her. Then he opened the door and fled. Jehu went out to the other officers of his master, and they asked him, Is all well? What did that madman come to you for? He said to them, You know the man and his ranting. You're lying, they said. Tell us the truth. Then he replied, Thus and thus he said, Thus said Hashem, I anoint you king over Israel. Quickly each man took his cloak and placed it under him on the top step. They sounded the shofar and proclaimed, Jehu is king. Acts 16, 16-40 And it came to pass, as we, Paul and his co-workers, went to prayer, a certain damsel possessed with a spirit of divination met us, which brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. The same followed Paul and us, and cried, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God, which show unto us the way of salvation. And this did she many days. But Paul, being grieved, turned and said to the Spirit, I command you in the name of Yeshua HaMashiach to come out of her. And he came out the same hour. And when her masters saw that the hope of their gains and profit was gone, they caught Paul and Silas and drew them into the marketplace to the rulers and brought them to the magistrates, saying, These men, being Jews, do exceedingly trouble our city. And they teach customs which are not lawful for us to receive, neither to observe, being Romans. And the multitude rose up together against them. And the magistrates rent off their clothes and commanded to beat them. And when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely, who, having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in the stocks. And at midnight Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's bands were loosed. And the keeper of the prison awakened out of his sleep, and seeing the prison doors open, he drew out his sword and would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners had been fled. But Paul cried with a loud voice, saying, Do yourself no harm, we are still here. Then he called for a light, and sprang in, and came trembling, and fell down before Paul and Silas, and brought them out, and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? 
And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you shall be saved and your house. And they spoke unto him the word of the Lord and to all that were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes and was baptized, he and all his, straightway. And when he had brought them into his house, he set meat before them and rejoiced, believing in God with all his house. And when it was day, the magistrates sent the sergeant, saying, Let those men go. And the keeper of the prison told this, saying to Paul, The magistrates have sent to let you go. Now therefore depart and go in peace. But Paul said to them, They have beaten us openly, uncondemned, being Romans, and have cast us into prison. And now do they thrust us out privily? Nay, but let them come themselves and fetch us out. And the sergeants told these words to the magistrates, and they feared when they heard that they were Romans. And they came and besought them, and brought them out, and desired them to depart out of the city. And they went out of the prison, and entered into the house of Lydia. And when they had seen the brethren, they comforted them, and departed. Psalm 143, 1-12 Hear my prayer, O Lord, give ear to my supplications. In your faithfulness answer me, and in your righteousness. Enter not into judgment with your servant, for in your sight shall no man living be justified. For the enemy has persecuted my soul. He has smitten my life down to the ground. He has made me to dwell in darkness, as those that have been long dead. Therefore is my spirit overwhelmed within me. My heart within me is desolate. I remember the days of old. I meditate on all your works. I muse on the work of your hands. I stretch forth my hands unto you. My soul thirsts after you as a thirsty land. Selah. Hear me speedily, O Yahweh. My spirit fails. Hide not your face from me, lest I be like unto them that go down into the pit. Cause me to hear your loving kindness in the morning, for in you do I trust. Cause me to know the way wherein I should walk, for I lift up my soul to you. Deliver me, O Lord, from my enemies. I flee to you to hide me. Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. Your spirit is good. Lead me into the land of uprightness. Quicken me, O Yahweh, for your name's sake. For your righteousness' sake, bring my soul out of trouble. And of your mercy, cut off my enemies and destroy all them that afflict my soul. For I am your servant. Proverbs seventeen twenty six. Also, to punish the just is not good, nor to strike princes for equity. I'd like to speak to you today from our Torah portion from Numbers 24, and then we're going to jump into 2 Kings chapter 8 and 9. And in this last Torah portion, Numbers 24, we see the third and final prophecy that Balaam gives over the nation of Israel. And it is a very profound prophetic statement. I want to zoom in on verse 17, but we'll begin with verse 16. Word of him who hears Hashem's speech, 
who obtains knowledge from the Most High and beholds visions from the Almighty, prostrate but with eyes unveiled. Verse 17. What I see for them is not yet. What I behold will not be soon. A star rises from Jacob. A scepter comes forth from Israel. It smashes the brow of Moab, the foundation of all the children of Shem. This is a messianic prophecy. The star that he sees rising is Yeshua. The scepter that comes forth from Israel is the scepter of Yeshua, that he will rule and reign as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And he says it's far off in the future. It's not soon. It's not near. It's not soon. So this is a reference to Yeshua, that he will be the king of kings over Israel and over the nations, and he will rule with a scepter. He will be that star that rises from Jacob. So this is really an example of how we see Yeshua in the Old Testament, in the Hebrew Scriptures. He's there. We just need to look and see. Now I want to jump into 2 Kings chapters 8 and 9. And I want to focus in on, in chapter 8, a scene between the man of God, Elisha, the prophet, and he's going to speak to Hazael. And um, Hazael has been sent on an assignment, a task, to inquire of the man of God whether or not the king would, would recover from his sickness or if he's going to die. So Hazael goes to Elisha to ask of him whether or not he would recover. And then in verse 11, chapter 2 Kings chapter 8, verse 11, the man of Hashem kept his face expressionless for a long time, and then he wept. Verse 12, Why does my Lord weep? asked Hazael. Because I know, he replied, what harm you will do to B'nai Israel. You will set their fortresses on fire and put their young men to the sword, dash their little ones in pieces, and rip open their pregnant women. But how, asked Hazael, can your servant, who is a mere dog, perform such a mighty deed? Elisha replied, Hashem has shown me a vision of you as king of Aram. So this is a prophecy, and this really demonstrates the power of our words. We can speak blessings over individuals, loved ones, family members, and we can speak curses. And our words have tremendous power. And when we speak a judgment or a curse over someone, those power, those words are loosed into the atmosphere, and the words tend to take root, and stuff happens. So, what happens next? Verse 14 and 15, the word was given, the word was spoken, and then it's going to be manifested. It's going to come into fruition. It's going to... Um, be fulfilled. So verse 14, he left Elisha and returned to his master who asked him, what did Elisha say to you? 
He replied, He told me that you would recover. The next day, Hazael took a piece of netting, dipped it in water, and spread it over his face. So Ben-Hadad died, and Hazael succeeded him as king. So that prophetic word came to pass almost immediately. Hazael murdered King Ben-Hadad, and now he is the king of Aram, and he's going to be a very evil and a wicked king. Elisha saw all of this coming. The Holy Spirit showed him, and that's why he wept. So this is an example of the power of our words, that they are prophetic, and we need to be very careful with our words and with what we say, especially to loved ones, to family members, to spouses, um, because our words have an effect. They change the atmosphere. And we speak a judgment or a curse over someone, and it has a tendency of being fulfilled. We speak a blessing over someone. And again, that releases something into the atmosphere for that blessing to land upon that person and for that to be fulfilled. So now I want to look at verse 19. However, Hashem refrained from destroying Yehuda for the sake of his servant David in accordance with his promise to make a lamp for his descendants for all time. The Israel Bible commentary to this verse reads as follows. Hashem is not yet ready to destroy Yehuda due to the promise that he had made to King David to give him an eternal kingdom. The Hebrew word used for kingdom in this verse is near, N-I-R, which can also mean a light or lamp, from the word ner, N-E-R, which means candle. The kingdom of David is intended to give eternal light to the entire nation of Israel, and by extension the entire world. Even in the absence of a kingdom, the knowledge that Hashem will eventually return the monarchy to David through the Mashiach is a source of light and hope to all. Now let's jump into chapter 9. And um, Elisha has given an assignment to one of his disciples. And he's told him, I want you to go and see Jehu, son of Jehoshaphat. Get him to leave his comrades and take him to an inner room. Take a flask of oil and pour some on his head. And say, thus says Hashem, I anoint you king over Israel. Then open the door and flee without delay. Verse 6, So Jehu arose and went inside, and the disciple poured the oil on his head and said to him, Thus says Hashem, the God of Israel, I anoint you king over the people of Hashem, over Israel. The Israel Bible commentary to this verse reads as follows. The Hebrew word Mashiach means anointed one. According to biblical law, kings and high priests are to be anointed with oil, which symbolizes their designation for their holy positions. In Hebrew, the Messiah is referred to as the Mashiach, as he will be a king who is anointed for this holiest of roles. He will lead God's people and bring peace and justice to the entire world. We pray for and eagerly await his coming each and every day. Now, the main difference between Jews and Christians is that Jews are expecting the Mashiach, the Messiah, to come for the first time, 
whereas those of us who are born again, who are Christians, we understand he already came the first time and he's coming a second time. That's all I have for today. Have a blessed day and we'll see you tomorrow. Adonai Adonai The Aaronic Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24-26 Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.